I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution, and it is such a treat to be here today with Steve Cotter. Steve, how are you? I'm fantastic, brother. Thank you, you so much. It is such a treat to have you here. Right, so for those tuning in to Steve for the first time, this is a man with a bit of a legacy. <laughs> for more than 30 years, Steve's promoted mind-body fitness around the world through martial arts, qigong, mobility, flexibility, and kettlebell training. Remember that, kettlebell training, right? And via AKKF educational courses, Steve works timelessly to share the power of kettlebells far and wide, and his efforts to reach his art form has globally impacted the growth and popularity of kettlebell training all over this planet. His physical feats of power led him to be named Men's Health Magazine, but by Men's Health Magazine as one of the top 100 fitness men of all time. And uh, the the crux of all of that, the, the the yummiest part of all of that is that he has this real clear communication ability to break down the complex ideas, and that's what's brought him global recognition as a fitness educator, leading hands-on trainings to thousands of fitness professionals in over 60 countries. He literally wrote the book on kettlebell training, and his landmark encyclopedia of kettlebell training DVD series um, is IKFF. The Encyclopedia of Kettlebell Lifting is, is yeah. the DVD series. IKFF is the organization. Amazing. Yeah. Um, um, provided the foundational uh, this uh, provided foundational instruction for countless trainers who learned how to use kettlebells through his teachings. More than anything, Steve loves to teach and share his unique experience to promote health, happiness, and longevity through fitness. Man, such a treat to have you here. Thank you, brother. Love to um, be here. Oh, I could yeah, we could we could go anywhere with this. <laughs> it's like even on the chat. Over Let's here, do it. It was uh, there was so much depth in uh, in just the conversation and the awareness of things that are going on. So first of all, I'd love to maybe let's let's start from a place of where did why, why does fitness become such a big part of your life like where did wellness become such a big part of your life i'm an artist uh-huh. i'm a movement artist um by by trade my foundation is in the martial arts yeah and essentially um the study of the martial which is the warfare is mm-hmm. so that uh we don't have to fight uh-huh. yeah so it's it's to have a tool and not have to use it rather than to need it and not have it. Yeah, yeah. And so um, it's really the art mm. is what I resonate with more so than the martial because I'm a mm. peaceful, peaceful, loving individual. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but my foundations in the martial art, I was um, exposed to the Taoist uh, internal martial arts, uh, what's sometimes called Taoist yoga, which yeah. is um, Kung Fu. Mm. But it's not from the Shaolin tradition. It's from the indigenous China, which is the the Taoist tradition. Right. And um, that was my upbringing in physical culture. Mm. And so in in that uh, formative years, starting from 12 years old, and that that became my first profession, teaching martial arts professionally until I was about 30 years old. Yeah. And um, 
the fitness is a component of that. Certainly the physical conditioning uh-huh. and um, other components is the mental, the mental refinement that via meditation, via Qigong, yep. um, study of the healing arts. Yep. And um, I resonated very strongly with the physical training. Now I'm 48 years old. So, mm. you know, this is most of my life now. And I got to a point in my late 20s where I realized I wasn't going to teach martial arts as a profession for the rest of my life. Uh And so I was thinking about what's next for me. And it was a natural extension into fitness because I had just grown into the habit of of training literally all day, every day as a kid. (laughs) That was was my job. I wasn't really doing anything else. So um, I formulated the habit of essentially, you know, from, from wake to sleep training and, mm. and um, teaching martial arts. And so when I looked at a profession and looked at the education that was available, um, mm. it so happened my hometown of San Diego has a really good uh, program in kinesiology mm. at San Diego State University. Amazing. So I went through that program. And then from there, the, the logical step was going into personal training. Mm. And, um, you know, I had a lot of hands-on experience teaching, um, you know, children, adults, seniors, and so I was very comfortable in, in developing the communication skills. And yeah. I was very um, experienced in terms of the the nitty gritty, the hands on, um, not so much in the theoretical, but the application. Yeah. And so that that was a natural segue into the fitness. Um, I was an early adapter into kettlebell training when it became sort of a phenomenon. I mean, mm-hmm. kettlebells has been around for several hundred years. Yeah. But it was really uh, pretty much exclusively to the Soviet culture. Yeah. And... Um, around 2001 is, you know, Pavel is sort of the godfather of the modern kettlebell movement. Um, mm. I was one of his early adapters that, that kind of saw the kettlebell and yeah. it resonated with me. And mm. this seems, this makes sense from a martial art point of view because mm. it's holistic. You're using yeah. the whole body versus bodybuilding where you're just isolating. Sure. And, uh, because of my extensive physical training, I was able to, really pick up the foundation of the kettlebell pretty quickly. Mm. And I had a lot of experience already teaching in the martial arts. So Mm. I was able to, um, you know, be in a position of leadership in the kind of formation of the early kettlebell Mm. um, community in the the U.S. Amazing. And, um, you know, really from there, I was really the first guy to start bringing kettlebells all around the world because Mm. I saw that, you know, um, Pavel had a really strong following, but he was really focused on the U.S. And yeah. people would have to always go to Minnesota if they wanted to, you know, be certified and be trained. Right. And I saw the opportunity to kind of bring it around the planet. Mm. And so since um, really about 2007, that's occupied a lot of my energy and a lot mm. of my time where I've, I've taught in over 60 countries in mm. this time. And um, it stems from my desire to uh, liberate the consciousness of humanity, which right. is part of my path. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, so there's a physical component, but what I've, what I've evolved to understand is that everything is mental. Uh-huh. So everything is mind, everything is training of the consciousness. However, the body has its significance uh-huh. because this is our vehicle. Mm. This is where we live at this time in this place. Yeah. Therefore, we, we have to take care of it just uh-huh. as we have to take care of our car and change the oil and rotate the tires yeah. um, so that it performs. The same is true with the body. Yeah. And so the fitness gradually evolved into a focus on health mm. and has continued to evolve into a, a focus of well-being, which I defined as health happiness, ah, yep, um, yep. which is essentially, you know, well-being is more encapsulating because fitness in and of itself deals with the physicality. So uh-huh. someone, we could say someone's fit based on a certain metric or perhaps based on a, an appearance if it's a maybe a, um, I guess, a bodybuilding viewpoint, like, oh, they have a toned muscle, so they're fit. If yep. it's maybe a, a perspective of an endurance athlete, they have a, a strong VO2 max, so they're fit. If it's mm-hmm. a, from the perspective of a weightlifter, this guy can lift heavy weight, so they're fit. What I observed is that um, in many cases, a person can be fit but not be healthy. Mm-hmm. And so they could they could show certain external parameters of fitness, but internally they may be miserable. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of certain lifestyle habits or largely because of beliefs. Mm-hmm. And so I, I evolved my system to, to recognize fitness as a component of something larger, which is health. Mm. 
and uh, health being a, a, a greater priority. As I like yeah. to say, health is wealth. Yeah. And um, it's impossible to evolve to our highest potential, which I, well, I call health happiness, mm. without the health. Yeah. Because we could, let's say if we were to lay out our lives in different categories, which we would consider important. Most, most people would say their, their physical health, their family, mm. their relationship, their profession, their uh, beliefs or activities that they're involved in, whether it's charitable or community causes. And yep. so optimally, if we have an optimized life, we want to be able to have success in all of these important regions mm -hmm. or, or areas. And so the health has its component. However, the end goal being we want to be present. The end goal is we want to be present and gracious mm -hmm. for the fact that we have the opportunity to create, that we have a, a body to exist within. Yeah. And um, removing health from that equation, I don't believe it's possible. <laughs> because if you have all the money in the world and all the legacy and everything else, yeah. but your body is deteriorating, mm -hmm. ultimately you can't truly enjoy and gain the benefit of of the grandeur of life and you know so that's sort of my evolution and what i've done um the movement and so as i said at the beginning i'm a martial artist in terms of my traditional training mm -hmm. however i communicate as a movement artist mm -hmm. because um we all apply martial but not necessarily in the context of our ancestors from generations ago and you know the original tribes they used um, sticks and stones and mm. you know the fastened spears and and swords yeah and then it evolved in you know in a few hundred years ago gunpowder and so mm. now you have projectiles mm -hmm. and now we have this you know where someone could push a button and and Everything create goes. massive <laughs> devastation so you know martial in the sense of okay we're going to duke and and you know, fight, it's, it's really a low level of understanding because, mm -hmm. um, the highest level, uh, the art of war, which is a famous text, not only in the martial art, but used in business Maybe. training and so on. Um, essentially the, to paraphrase the, uh, uh, a chapter from the art of war says that the highest level is not to win 100 battles and 100 engagements. Mm -hmm. The highest level is to win without fighting. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, we develop the skills such that we have the personal power. We don't have to cross hands. We don't, I don't even have to get to that point because I've developed the awareness to to measure the environment such that I understand that you know the energy here. Maybe I'm going to go this way instead of going that way, yeah. and I, I completely evade the situation mm -hmm. and so and that's um, written really early in the book as well so it's like a fundamental yes it's a yeah. fundamental however uh my point is that we may not necessarily fight with with sticks and stones and punch and kicks on mm -hmm. a regular basis but we still have to fight mentally we mm -hmm. still have to engage uh discomfort we have to engage in justice sometimes mm -hmm. we have to stand up for things that we believe in so this is a mental warfare in, yeah. in a way to speak and um but the focus is not on the martial it's on the art mm. and it's the art of essentially the yin and the yang so that we learn to embrace the warrior so that we can fully develop the peaceful component of mm. ourselves so we have the you know life and death live side by side and um movement art is something that resonates with all people because um, you know, if we look at kettlebell, not everyone can do kettlebells. Kettlebells is really an intense type of uh, tool. It's an extension of the hand, mm. but it's contraindicated for, for certain populations. Maybe someone has an injury or they're, they're physically not strong enough to, to start doing this intense exercise. So I look at what are the common denominators. Well, everybody has a body. Yep. Everybody moves. Mm -hmm. And most fundamental of all, everybody breathes. Yeah. You know, so the first technique and the last technique is breathing. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, my own approach with, as it's evolved, when I was a younger man, I was really into the training and volume and, yeah. you know, doing as much as possible and more the next day and more mm -hmm. the next day because more is better. That was the <laughs> idea. And you have the benefit of youth and time. Mm -hmm. And that's evolved to essentially, I don't, I don't work out. You know, people ask me, you know, what kind of workout, what's your workout look like? And it's like, well, uh, 
today it's this, tomorrow it's something else. But what I do is I move every day. Yeah. And how that movement looks, it may be very intense. If I want some intensity, maybe I'll do some kettlebells. Uh, it may be more passive. Maybe I'm doing some mobility or, or some or some yoga type of mm-hmm. stretching movements. Uh, always training some form of meditation. Mm-hmm. And so um, my work, my role uh, currently is that I see that there's a we're moving into a time where there's an intersection of the man and the machine. So mm. Some folks refer to this as the singularity, singularity. right? The point yeah. in time Very in which intriguing. the man and the machine are now at this point mm. and maybe the machine starts surpassing. Yeah. And so, you know, I think about how, how is this going to look? How is, how is the world going to be 20 years from now, mm-hmm. a generation from now? And what I realize is that um, our way forward is through our consciousness. Our way forward is through our heart because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the heart is able to resonate. I, I'm not sure the exact number, something like 50,000 times more than the mind in yeah. terms of the electrical energy. And uh-huh. so um, we cannot think our way out of these challenges. We mm-hmm. have to learn to love our way through these challenges. Mm-hmm. This is what I believe. So essentially... If this was a one-minute conversation, what is it about? It's about love. Mm. It's about only about love and nothing else. And now the particulars is how I express it. This is my art. Mm. And how you express it is is through your art. But um, our art is how we share our experience. We share our passion. And we essentially connect with all Mm. because um, it's a recognition of the interconnectedness of all things. And I extend that not just through humanity – but to include the animals, to include the earth. Mm. For that reason, I'm a vegan. I'm a strict vegan in the sense that I don't have to kill to live. Mm. Um, and it's not necessary in the modern world because I can gain nutrition from, you know, we, we essentially evolve from hunter gatherers, mm. but more appropriately said, they're gatherer hunters. Because if you're in a region as a tribe, you're going to gather this, the available foods. Mm. Now, depending on that region, you may have more abundance. There may be fig trees and, you know, berries that you can pick and fruit trees, or it may be more barren where now you have to start hunting. <laughs> you got to move around and locomote. And so you got nothing else to eat. You're going to chase that animal mm. and, 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 and catch it so you can feed your tribe. But you're not going to go through all that effort. If you can just pick a, a piece of food off off a tree and eat it. Cool. So yeah. um, the point is that where we're at now with the global economy, mm-hmm. you know, we can get an avocado from California <laughs> in Estonia. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, so so anyway, the, the point is that um, the idea of an interconnectedness of all living things mm-hmm. is really important to me. And um my role through fitness is to help individuals recognize their power, their own inter- their own internal power. So yeah. essentially, it's teaching mindfulness through movement, which in some regards can be considered an evolution of mindfulness. Because mm-hmm. um, in, in the Taoist, there's a saying of movement within stillness, stillness within movement. Mm-hmm. And so even when we're completely still, we're not completely still. Everything's thinning. (laughs) There's movement of of cellular structure vibrating. Mm -hmm. And so when we move, we want to be able to move with the stillness. In other words, we have stability within the fluidity. Mm -hmm. And if we're just focused on sitting in one place in cubicles and, you know, now we're all on smartphones, we're all Mm -hmm. on computers. And so... This is not necessarily um, progressive in terms of our physical uh, state. Sure. Um, in, in a lot of regards, it's it's um, deconstructing the human form. Yeah. We're developing this sort of entropy yeah. <laughs> where we're mm. just kind of over our, and we need to we need to balance that. And so, even people with very powerful minds that are able to manifest very quickly through consciousness. Um, without the physical. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The, the word I would use is vitality. Without mm. that physical vitality, we are not going to, to be able to f- be fully optimized in our, in our expression. Yeah. I love that. There is, uh, there is so much to talk to in that. Um, the, let's, let's flow from vitality. Um, because for me, fundamentally, um, uh, it's, it's a word that encompasses a lot and, for me, vitality is actually we were having this conversation about words, and uh, I've actually started putting together the first drafts on a book called Vitality. Um, and for me, it's hidden in the word, like the word vital. How vital are you to existence, right? Um, and so my whole agenda through the podcasting is trying to support people, like as we discussed, trying to get people aligned to their purpose and their health and their vision and living in accordance to something that is so meaningful to them just as you are. Um, and so stacking story after story of people doing this, I'm hoping that people will be inspired to live a life that is on purpose and that is vital. And so I find that is that for me is the greatest expression of health. Right? How vital are you to the natural order of things? Because creativity is the natural order of things, right? So how creative can you be? And how much are you like supporting your natural order? Because I fundamentally believe that we're all the universe looking in on ourselves, right? And so if I'm trying to be Steve, then I'm superfluous to the grand design of everything, right? So I need to be as much me as I possibly can, and that will facilitate the greatest amount of health. I firmly believe that. But in order to do that, I can't segment out, like you said, you know, it's not like a mental, physical, emotional. It's like it's all one, you know, and your work is part of your health. And like you do workouts. No, it's every day. It's different. It's like it's all interbled into one organism. So how are you showing up and how does that like impact who you really are and that is your vitality and so i use vitality as the key word intentionally because it says how vital is your existence to creativity right so how vital is like and how creative then can you be and that will support your health because if you're in accordance with creativity then you're healthy kind of deep but that's kind of a reflection on the whole process um and that's why the inspired evolution basically exists and the more people look at it, it's like oh he's trying to support people on purpose but i'm driven by people's health fundamentally and i love that resonance because you're sharing that you know for you it's about liberating consciousness right and uh i'd love to deep into vitality and how that supports liberating consciousness a little bit well within the vital is the eye Mm. and and it's it and it's all Mm. it's vit vit all Mm. so um vital is i think a very powerful word agreed and vitalia i agree it's um and i would say what you said in in my own words is that all things are energy Mm. our existence is energy um our forms of currency, the currency mm. is energy. You know, mm. some say money is energy. Mm. So there's different manifestations of energy, different densities of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, quantum physics essentially has led us to understand that that which we perceive as solid is yeah. not solid in a real sense. Is yeah. it, it's v- rapidly vibrating matter that we mm. perceive to be solid, mm-hmm. and so everything ties into our belief system again our consciousness Mm. um what's consciousness well con is with and Mm. chess is science so it's with science Mm. or con can also be against right Mm. (laughs) so it's um so vitality is fundamental to the engine of our existence Mm. our being uh without vitality there's not the drive to, as you say, create. There's mm. not the drive to uh, share energy, to manifest energy, because the nature of energy is it 
transforms. Yeah. Energy transforms. It, it's not a static dynamic. Yeah. And, and so, um, the way to get more energy is to be more energetic is to function with more purpose, with more effort, mm. not necessarily effort, but more intention, more focused, mm. take the effort that we're already putting, but focus it more so right. that it's going in a certain direction rather than being diffused. Yeah. This is where meditation comes in. Mm. And so applying the meditation to movement, mm. so the movement becomes purposeful. Mm. And we have an understanding of how we carry ourselves in space, mm. which involves interaction, engagement, and conversations and communities. Mm. Uh, it involves our daily activities, mm. being able to form and do the things that you want to do. Yeah. And this is our nature to be dynamic. Mm. And the modern lifestyle has sort of led us to be less dynamic in many regards in terms <laughs> of our physicality. Sure. We're very dynamic in our, in our thought processes, mm. but physically we are sitting in cubicles more and more. Mm. And where I like to teach in, in many of my movement courses is that, you know, exercise is a modern invention. Mm. Our ancestors didn't exercise. <laughs> Our ancestors worked. So insightful. And so yeah. the reason why we exercise is because essentially in the modern lifestyle, we are not working in the way that our ancestors work with our body. We work with our mind, mm. but more and more it's in the digital world. Totally. And so we have to exercise to counteract the negative consequences of the modern lifestyle mm. because our, our anatomy, uh, f physiologically speaking, our genetic material is essentially identical to our ancestors from 10,000 and more years ago, mm. but our lifestyle is completely different. <laughs> and so, um, there's a big disconnect between our natural order and how we actually interact with the environment. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that, you know, paved roads, for example, um, and this idea about, you know, shoes and Nike and, and other shoe companies, but especially Nike, they branded the idea and created the marketing concept of a performance shoe. Mm -hmm. But there's no such performance shoe. Um, yeah. The performance is in the structure of the foot itself and the mm -hmm. shoe essentially can act like a cast. And so modern humans that grow up wearing shoes all the time, they often have very weak feet, feet. Yeah. because the, the, the muscles of the feet are inactive. And so mm -hmm. in recent times, probably the last decade, there's more of a movement towards barefoot training. Mm -hmm. But if we go back to the, the study of human evolution, the earliest shoes were essentially for protection. Mm -hmm. It was just to protect against uh, climate, Weather, yeah. protect against, you know, certain terrain, sharp mm. walking on rocks. So we just have thin covering of the feet. Yeah. And it was only in really modern history since maybe the early seventies that mm. this idea of a performance shoe where you started padding the shoe mm. and, you know, now we're running on air type of thing. And, you know, so we're finding that what is, what is old is new. Yeah. We're starting to reconnect with our, our, our ancestral like um, intuitive <laughs> yeah. knowledge that we sort of forgot and mm. come back to. And there's many examples of this. Um, another example would be, for example, the squat in, mm. in a fitness. Um, the squat is usually promoted as an exercise. Mm -hmm. As I teach, um, the squat is not an exercise. It's a fundamental human movement pattern. Yeah. So, and if even today, if we look at um, less industrialized parts of the world, you know, obviously US and, and Australia and Western Europe, we're not going to see this. But if we go to rural areas of Indonesia, for example, many places in India, for example, we'll see people that are just in a rock bottom squat. They're yeah. not sitting in chairs all day yeah. and they're working from a full squat position mm -hmm. and there's no back pain at all. And everyone in the West, we're sitting in chairs and we're driving <laughs> like this and we're eating like this and we're working yeah. like this. We're watching TV like this. We go to the toilet like this. And almost everybody has low back pain. Mm. So there's probably more than a correlation there. There's there's probably causation. certainly some causation as well. Um, however, the idea is that we don't need to learn how to squat. Mm. We simply have to remember. Mm. And so a lot of it is unlearning bad habits versus having to learn anything new. And the evidence of that simply is to look at a, at a child. Yeah. You know, a small child, maybe a two-year-old child that's learned how to walk. Mm. They drop a toy, they're going to drop into a perfect 
rock bottom squat with an upright spine and pick it up. And there's no training to mm. that. This is just a natural movement. Mm. And somewhere along the line after, you know, so at the age of five, we, we were set in cubicles and, in, our, in our neat little lines and we're, we're taught to, to follow yeah. the authority, mm. follow the external authority and mm. do as you're told. And, you know, don't, don't, don't um, talk back or, or make an example of yourself. So, mm. so you, you'll get chastised. You want to fit into the, the corporate, kind of structure yeah. mm. and rules as, yeah, as yeah, yeah. so eloquently coined Bullshit right rules, and yeah. you know so you start maybe five years old for 30 40 years sitting at these right angles and then your body at some point forgets how to function mm -hmm. and then we start deteriorating because we're not living in in harmony harmon harmony with our um, natural order mm. and so again in 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 the squatting let's understand what's restricting you from doing what you once did Natural and naturally already know how to do yeah. versus me trying to teach you mm. how to do it. I don't have to teach you how to breathe. Mm. I don't teach you how to walk. Yeah. Don't need to teach you how to squat, but you have to remember if you, mm. if you've forgotten. There's this really deep, um, deep groove that we can ride here with remembrance and forgotten. So there's this whole essence of like being disconnected, um, and almost being trained to be disconnected from our natural expression and our bodies and stuff like that. And then also the, um, like the, that of process of then recovering is about unlearning all that like all the rules that have been implanted on top of us. And that is obviously a manifest in the physical and the way where the world is calling us to be more in cubicles and on our phones um, or on our PCs and all that sort of stuff. Um, but then there's also the aspect of also the spiritual side to that. It's like we do feel like we come pretty whole and then or do we get more whole as we go along the journey? You know, that's... Uh that's the it's like the chicken and the egg kind of question. <laughs> there. Yeah. Um, I suppose if if there's a disconnection, then there's a reconnection, and mm. so if there's a mem if there's a memory, and we lose it, then we need to remember. Mm. Um, re remember, mm. but if we don't forget, then there's nothing to remember because we're mm. present. Yeah. And it's, um, as the saying goes, we forgive and forget, <laughs> but it's forgive and yeah. forget. Right. Right. Cause you touched a lot on presence and grace as well. And I, uh, I was fascinated by that. Um, just how, because it was, I'm a big fan of context as well. And you bring a lot of presence. If anyone spends a moment with you, you can see how present you are in the situation. And there's a lot of grace with the way you move and the way you even articulate yourself. It's really poetic to watch. Um, what, what, like, where does, where does presence and grace come from for you? And how does that interconnect through the dimensions of mental, physical, and emotional? Like, yeah. I think in simple, simple terms, it, again, it's, um, the, the the focus is love yeah in the sense of self-love in this case a recognition yeah. of the self and acceptance of the self mm. and there's a grace in that yeah there's a grace in that is when we in a sense of using the term whole uh -huh. when we are recognize who we really are and we are uh acting out what is within us mm. the, the true self not the mirage of what we think people want to see or what we think we're expected mm. to show, but rather yes. the true expression of our, of that individuality mm. and within the individual is the divine with the divine, within the divine is the eye. Mm. And so, so the idea of what well, get, getting, so, so, so try to try to simplify this, but, yeah. but the idea of presence or, or, or grace, mm. I think, relates to presence relates to recognition of who you are as an individual mm. and the the speaking of that and the yeah. walking of that and it, you know if it's a movement i'm a movement artist so the way i express my movement even though i consider myself a conscious being yeah and on some level an intellectual i don't mm. rec i don't identify as an intellectual because my work is in the field mm. I'm, I'm with the people i don't want to be in the the academic world where it's about theory and discussion i want to be okay let's put the to the test and that's that's the martial artist in me yeah what's the function how do we use it is it useful mm. or is it archaic because mm. if it's if it's no longer useful then it 
there's no space for it in yeah. in the because we're becoming minimal. I don't want to yeah. have to carry a big suitcase. I want a very light bag. <laughs> so I'm just bringing the things that I need so I can yeah. move around easily. Yeah. And you know, so my background in terms of the martial art and th- through the form, so the expression mm. of the animal movement, there's an intention. Mm. Every movement has a particular application. There's a, a meaning behind the movement or within the movement. Yep. And it actually tells a story. Mm. And so having this recognition of what the movement application is, mm. this gives us a grace and a presence in the movement, uh-huh. contrasting that with the idea that I need to burn calories because I'm trying <laughs> to lose weight or I'm trying to, you know, get more defined. Mm. So I'm going to, you know, go on the treadmill and just, you know, burn X number of calories, mm. but I can watch TV and read the paper while I'm doing it because I'm it's drudgery and I hate it yeah. and I don't really want to be doing it, but I'm doing it because I, I think I'm supposed to do it because mm. I'm trying to lose some weight and I need to burn this number of calories to do that. That's one approach, and I'm not saying it's wrong, but mm. it's not really leading to, to anything. It, it's sort of a dead-end street. Yeah. As compared to now, okay, this movement is for the purposes I'm learning to come up and under something or I'm yeah. learning to kind of go over it and then talk or, or whatever yeah. it happens to be or I'm learning to kind of rotate and evade something. Function. And so now the movements have an intention mm. and it becomes an expression of moving meditation mm-hmm. to where there's no separation between thought and action. There's a true integration of mind, body and spirit. Mm. When we say mind, body, spirit, it's really associated a lot with the martial arts, mind, body, and spirit. It can be um, innocuous or it can be difficult to quantify. What does that mean? Because Mm. the word spirit has an impactful resonation Mm. and it can mean, the same word can mean different things to different people. So I like to say mind, body, and breath. Yeah. Because now we can understand exactly what we're talking about. Okay, mm. we understand the body because this is yep. very tactile. The mind, we, we recognize a sense of the mind in terms of our conscious awareness, and the breath, we know what that is. And so, if we're essentially harmonizing the breath with the movement, mm-hmm. now we're integrating the mind, the body, and the breath. And so, the mind and the breath work together. We could say that the breath is the connection between the mind and the body Mm. and so rather than kind of being over here and i'm thinking about man i got in an argument with my wife and you know (laughs) she mad at me and you know but i'm i'm doing this with my rather than that it's i'm completely present in whatever i'm happened to be doing whatever movement i'm doing it doesn't matter what the movement is it just matters that i have an intention Mm. and you know this is very empowering Mm. and now we become artists in how we're expressing ourselves mm. through movement, through art. Mm. And um, this is one of the most raw forms. I mean, we could say that dance is, is maybe even a more more raw form. But, mm. but things like dance and, and movement are as stripped down essential as we can get. Yeah, I love it. And so, again, just to anchor that in, so you're cultivating this to liberate consciousness so that you can be as present as possible so that you can move. What is What does liberate consciousness mean to you? Well, I'm a freedom fighter, yeah. actually. Uh-huh. Um, I'm here because I choose to be, not because I have to be, uh-huh. because I've uh, recognized the fallacy of death. Uh-huh. Uh, there's no such such a thing as death. It exists only as an idea. Mm. Um in the sense that we are energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we occupy the body for a certain amount of time. It's yeah. temporary in that sense. Yet there's some other component of ourselves, which I refer to as the non-physical. Mm-hmm. Some will call it the soul. Some will call it the spirit. But again, this is very vicarious. Mm-hmm. Um, we can recognize intellectually that there's that which we cannot Define via our sensory awareness. We can't see it, touch it, taste it, smell it, yeah, uh, hear it. Maybe a hundred years ago, well, it doesn't exist. If I can't touch it and see it, then it doesn't <laughs> exist. But we're too far along. We're not so blind anymore. So we understand there's probably more that is outside of our sensory awareness than what's it? than what we experience through our senses. And so the idea of death 
is very limiting to a lot of people, the, mm. the fear. And, you know, so really it's about overcoming fear. Mm. It's about facing fear and going through and recognizing that there is nothing to fear, that it's all experience. Mm. As the, the saying, the, the famous, I guess JFK is the one that made it probably famous and there's nothing to fear but fear itself. Mm. I think that was JFK. Um, You know, so there's, that's a truism, I believe. And, um, you know, so when I say I'm a freedom fighter is um, I'm very sensitive to the suffering of others. Mm. And um, that's part of my story. That's part of my experience. And myself, I'm very lucky. I I feel I've been blessed with very good karma. I haven't had a lot of suffering personally. Mm -hmm. But I've been associated with different important individuals in my life that have had a tremendous amount of suffering. Mm. And, you know, this awareness has led me, is what led me to become a vegan because I became very dialed in to the suffering of animals. Mm. And if if one has a uh, world-centric viewpoint, which mm-hmm. which I have adapted and I, and I agree with, and um, I guess the... I think Ken Wilber is the philosopher who is sort of um, coined or developed what's what's called the unity model. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so if we go from egocentric, I'm just concerned about myself to ethnocentric is I'm just care, uh, concerned with people that look like me and speak mm-hmm. the same language and live in the same region. And we evolve beyond that, beyond the, the building the walls. And mm-hmm. we realize, wait, we're dealing with, you know, I have friends in Australia and I'm on a phone call to China. And, you know, yeah, we, we look a little different and mm-hmm. some people's eyes are more almond shape and mm-hmm. some are more round and the skin might be lighter or darker and mm-hmm. the tongue is different. But at the essence, we're brothers. Mm-hmm. There's only a few tribes. We're all related. Mm-hmm. And we start to recognize that we're not different. We're not different. We have the same fundamental needs and desires. And now we started really extending that. Now we have to understand our place. We share the world. It's not just about humans. Mm. And, you know, so now the animals and the trees and the plants. uh, And if someone believes more from an Abrahamic tradition of that, you know, man is responsible or given dominion over all things, Mm. I think there's a a huge in misinterpretation of what that word dominion means. I think mm. it is generally interpreted as domination, mm. meaning man has the right to control other things, but actually the actual interpretation is responsibility for. Mm. So when we switch that, we understand that, you know, because I have the capability of mastering someone else, mm. this, this animal, I can, I can shoot it. Or I can, you know, I can, I can shoot it with an arrow or, or, you know, or I, I can, um, you know, take the woman and grab her by the hair and, you know, throw her in the kitchen, you know, because you have the physical strength to do that. Um, that's not dominion. That's weakness and insecurity and, and fear rather that, you know, and I'm strong. So how can I use this strength to, to help everyone? Because the, the ship is going to leave when everybody's on it. Mm. So it does no good to be first on. You got it better to, you know, the strong one needs to come and help lift the other ones that aren't so strong. So that's what I respect in a strong, not the person that can lift the heaviest weight. That's one expression of strength. But mm. how are you going to use that strength to elevate humanity on whatever level? It doesn't need to be in a global thinking. It can be on a local, but what act of kindness how can you use that strength to to lift the person that doesn't have their own strength to do it? Mm. You know, so um, the recognition of that is really what what drives my um, purpose. Mm. And um, that's where the strength comes in. We need a, a certain amount of strength, enough strength to do our work, enough strength mm. to have the courage to use our voice mm. enough strength to have the the courage to live a life of purpose mm. and not not be detracted by the opinion the opinions of others mm. which is their issues not your opinion of me mm. is your is not not my mind. problem right <laughs> so uh and vice versa yeah and you know so i 
I have become very sensitive to the suffering of others. And even though myself, I have a great life and I have nothing that, you know, everything is wonderful and I have a rich life. um, A part of me still suffers when I understand that my brother over here is suffering. Mm. You know, so while I'm eating this luxurious meal and this guy has no food at all, Mm. I don't have the ability to just, let's just look away and pretend that he's not there so I can feel better about the fact Mm. that I have so much wealth here. Um, You know, my sense is, how can I help this person? The answer may not necessarily giving him some food, but Mm. the the bigger answer might be to help inspire something within that person so Mm. that they can find their strength to yeah. to move and and achieve what is necessary for them to elevate and that that's the nature of biology is to expand to grow mm. and you know so that's that's kind of where I'm at on on a um I guess a humanistic level mm. um and I'm using the the fitness and the movement as a way to ultimately bring that message to empower the mm. individual um, not not to be, hey, look how cool I am and, you know, here's my resume and I did all these things and you're here to see me. <laughs> Rather, it's service. Mm. It's service. And uh, we need to constantly go back to that and, and remember that. And, you know, um, it's the fruits of the labor, not the fruit before the labor. Mm-hmm. So we have to do the work to bear the fruits mm. and we have to... Uh, so in order to reap, we reap what we sow, you know, mm. and so we have to plant and do the hard work and dig, plant the seed and water it and then the fruit. But if someone just comes along and picks the fruit, it's like, oh, this is so easy. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And then see the, the, the work that goes under. And, mm. and, you know, so I respect, that's the reason why I, I respect and appreciate people that have a level of accomplishment in whatever mm. their craft is. Mm. Um, not so much that you want to get a piece of that person, but rather because here's a person who's living uh, in harmony mm. with their purpose. And when mm. we do that, we're able to manifest rapidly and we're able to expand and um, essentially it branches out. So it becomes a communal a mm. communal thing. There's so much in that. And I, uh, I really, you almost touched like straight into what I wanted to touch on then, which was humility. Um, because there's been a lot that you've offered the world and shared and, you know, we we just touched on service. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and ask, why the humility? Um, I don't consider it that I'm making an effort to be humble. Mm -hmm. Um, I was was brought up in a traditional um, Chinese martial arts system. Mm -hmm. And so there is a sort of a, um, you know, in terms of practice, Mm. um, there is a a sense of hierarchy in that you know the instructor is the master, mm-hmm. and so you you show the respect. Um, you know, so kind of the traditional Chinese culture puts a lot of value on mm-hmm. humility. Of course, um, the soft power versus the the hard. You know, the West is more of the hard power. Like, look how big and strong I mm-hmm. am. And you know, the the Eastern traditional at least mm-hmm. is more of the soft powers. You know. Uh, walk softly, carry a big stick type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it, at some level, that was my exposure to the environment of, of, of being humble. But, um, you know, the, the bigger really response to that is, is my belief system is mm-hmm. that I see the, um, the equality of things. I don't see, um, accomplishment as, um, an indication that someone is higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, different levels of skill so depending on the subject matter if i'm in if in my area of expertise where i've done my 20,000 hours or my 30,000 hours of practice and teaching then definitely that's where i can step forward and that's my authority mm-hmm. and you know you should do what i say simply because i have so much experience mm-hmm. and if you don't listen, you're going to have to go the long way and I can save you a lot of time just by doing it this way. Right. Um, but in the sense of the broader community sense, um, you know, you might be famous and I might not be famous, but your fame is not, it's not something that gives you some hierarchy. Mm. Um, it's, uh, equal parts blessing and and curse. Mm. 
And so I simply don't resonate with the arrogance. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't impress me. And in fact, it loses me. If someone mm-hmm. is a great, especially in the athletic sense, you know, if someone is a, a great artist, I respect the art. But then when, when they speak, it's all about their greatness. I'm not interested in that person. I'm not interested in, in, in following that person, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, so in that sense, I'm never a fan. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan until I know a person. And mm-hmm. so certain athletes that I've, that I've trained over the years, um, I become a fan once I get to know them and I understand mm-hmm. the human, you know, not, not because of the uniform or that they're on TV, but because, Hey, this is a really solid guy. And, mm-hmm. you know, I have a connection with that person. Now I'm a fan. Now I'm going to watch him and, Oh man, he hit a home run. Today. That's awesome. <laughs> really happy for him, you know, yeah, yeah. um, rather than this, this fan culture. So I, I'm coming more from a, culture of doing rather mm-hmm. than a culture of watching mm-hmm. um you know there's a saying that if you if you study history and i study history because history is his story mm-hmm. and who is he well he is the story of man mm-hmm. he is me he is we mm-hmm. you know me all of us becomes we <laughs> yeah. and um you know so when we study his story we see that um you know, the, the great, when someone becomes too powerful, Mm -hmm. they essentially fall. So every empire, um, you know, that had great power Mm. and and we see that in the world today in geopolitical is certain regions of the world become so powerful that they essentially consume themselves from within. Totally. And, you know, so it's the, it's this is always constantly going on in the cycle. Mm-hmm. But if we if we study, say, Western history, and we, we kind of trace back to the ancient Greeks, mm-hmm. the Greeks were doers. Mm-hmm. They had the, the concept of the scholar athlete or the scholar warrior uh-huh. to where it was equal parts uh, academic, mm-hmm. studying the sciences, the sciences and mathematics and, and, and art. Mm-hmm and music and then it was equal parts the physical Mm -hmm. and so the olympics sort of came out of that and if you look at the evolution from there moving to rome the romans were a nation of spectators Mm -hmm. at the Colosseum. so we're going to sit around and watch the gladiators you look at america america is the modern modern day rome Mm -hmm. you even look at the football stadiums it's it's the same concept we're all sitting not not just uk i mean Mm -hmm. the western world in general yeah um you see, you know, soccer, you yeah, the see World Cup was just exactly. Yeah. So you see massive people sitting around watching other people do things. Mm. And that's just not where I'm coming from. It's, mm. it's not interesting to me because I want to be out there on the field. Mm. And, you know, maybe you're not good enough to play on that field, but you mm. play on your, your field, mm-hmm. you know, at your level, whatever that level, it, it's yeah. not important. The level, it's important that you're engaged and you're doing. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that, that's where I'm kind of coming from. So when someone asked me, why am I humble? I'd say, well, I guess I'm humble. I believe it because people tell me that I am, mm. but I'm not thinking in it from my point of view, like I'm, I'm going to be humble. This might, this is my nature because I respect clarity. I respect calmness mm. and there's a time and place. Uh, it's not to be without ego. It's mm. to have the ego in its, stays in its lane, mm-hmm. not to get out of control. Yeah. You know, so the Taoist depiction was Lotso riding riding on the back of a of a bull. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so basically the ego is the bull. Mm-hmm. You want to just ride it. You don't want it to control. Mm-hmm. You want to keep it tamed and use the power of the ego. So there's a time and a place to not be humble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it has to be balanced. But for me at a resting state, more comfortable to just be humble because mm. I don't need much. Mm. I grew up in simple and I feel I'm a very rich man, but I still don't need much. Mm. And bec- I only need a little bit to sustain. So mm. pretty much what I have is, is for others. I only need a little bit for myself, mm. <laughs> you know? And, um, some people really resonate with the arrogance, uh, you know, especially in the, in the, Again, the Roman culture, the MMA culture, where it's about, yeah, the, the one who talks the most and, and brags the most is the one that has the most fans. Um, this is sort of a vicarious way of living, in my opinion. Mm. You know, it, you know, many, I think many people, they respond to this type of persona 
because um, they feel inadequate and they see somebody that's out there in front saying, I'm great. I'm the best. I'm awesome. Mm. And um, it's like, yeah, that's really cool. I wish I could be like that type mm. of thing. Um, you know, and most people don't do it well. The only one I ever, I think only Ali is the one that mastered that use of arrogance <laughs> but in a way, but he was a very deep and, and thoughtful very human, deep, yeah. you know, and, and kind of the modern guy would kind of be probably Conor McGregor that, but I, I don't see that. And, and I don't know the guy. He's probably a really good guy. When I see him in interviews, you know, he seems like a very grounded. I think he's, mm. he's a true martial artist, but mm. the persona, mm. it's not for me to judge. I'm not saying it's right or wrong because mm. it seems like he's, He's using it and it's benefiting him and, mm. and he has the right to do that. But in terms of if I was going to tell my son, hey, here's someone to model after, that's not the model I want to follow. Mm. Instead, you know, you're going to be a warrior, but you're a silent warrior. Mm. You know, you're, you're, a, you're a ninja. So, mm. you know, they don't know you're there until it's too late, <laughs> until they feel your breath in the back of their neck. You know, not like, I'm coming, I'm coming. <laughs> well, you're a big target, you know, when you act that way. So the mighty, you know, you get too big, you're going to fall. Mm. And it's not about being afraid to achieve greatness. It's just that it's not for me. Mm. Uh, because I'm, I'm, here, I'm here to serve. I'm here to, it includes me. But it's not only me, mm. you know, and, um, you know, so it's not about uh, whatever fame or recognition comes. That's not the reason for doing it. That's mm. the way of the world. And we need a level of recognition to be able to get the message out. Mm. And so if I have to become more well known or, or, or have more fans or achieve more fame to do that, I accept that. <laughs> but it, it's not the goal in and of itself. The goal is the work. Mm. So the process, the process and the goal is the same thing. Mm. The end point is just following along and continuing mm. along. And uh, what that looks like, don't know until you get there. <laughs> I just know it's good. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing on that. Humility is, uh, is one of my deepest, uh, it's my deepest meditation and my consistent um yeah, one of my highest values was instilled by my father. Uh, humor and humility, two things that get you through absolutely everything. There's a saying, and I think it's the the Japanese, you know, the samurai swordsmanship, but the the traditional katana is mm. the blade on one end, and the back the the backside is blunted. Mm. And basically, the ego is the sharpened blade, uh -huh. and the humility is the tempered the tempered uh -huh. edge right, of the right. blade. So again, the ego and humility live side by side or maybe mm. ego and humility are not the parallels maybe it's arrogance because mm. you know, ego is is neutral it's not mm. it's not positive or negative but the, mm. the arrogance is sort of taking the ego and allowing it to mm. that the arrogance and the humility i think live side by side mm. and it's finding that balance and i think how we express that has a lot to do just with the the personality of the individual so i'm mm. i'm like a cool laid-back guy it's just how, <laughs> that's how i roll <laughs> So true. I've got to ask a question. So as we're slowly coming here, like what are the values or that you would love to instill into your son? Obviously, he would want you want him to be his own person. Um, but if there is stuff that you would share, I guess I'm coming from the point on a question that I'd love to ask is what is the message that is deepest to your heart? Um, but we were just touching on like, you know, what you would want to see in your own son. So what are the values that you would like to see more of in other people and what is the message well first thing um i really respect my son a lot uh, mm. he just turned 15 um, I, have, I have two daughters and a son my son's son's the youngest so he mm. just turned 15 he's um exceptionally focused exceptionally aware and i see myself at that age and i see him as much further along mm. Um, his mother has a lot to do with that his mm. his um grandparents have a lot to do with that Certainly, I've contributed to that as mm. well. I can't take take the credit. Mm. You know, the credit is his, but yeah. um, he's evolved into a tremendous person already. Mm. So I'm I'm more of the idea of um, allow it. Mm. Don't be too hands on in the yeah. sense of trying to direct it because he's got his own life. Mm. But in terms of if I'm going to instill certain experiences that I have, which we could call wisdom. Mm. Um, is is move from love mm. be your authentic self mm. and look within in in difficult times look within mm. first and foremost um you know being your authentic self is is follow the life 
do the things, associate, make the associations that are meaningful, that, that feel that, that give you fulfillment mm-hmm. and whatever that looks like, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, it's, it's not for me to, to try to direct that. I mean, we, we can observe that there's tendencies we can observe. My, my son's really physical. He like, you know, he plays American football. He likes, um, roller skating. You know, he's very skillful with the kettlebells, you mm-hmm. know, um, soon when, when, uh, well, he's kind of in summer football now, but kind of when the football season's going to be over, like November time, we're going to get into the jujitsu so he can mm. start training jujitsu with me right now. He's doing football every yeah. day, so there's no way to do that. But, um, you know, so he, he's definitely moves in that direction. I think it's very likely that he might follow some similar path, at least early in his life to, to kind of what I've done. And mm-hmm. I'm sort of, I want to say grooming him, but I see that where he's at with his skill development, um, at some point down the road, maybe when I decide, you know, I'm not going to go around and do all these seminars anymore. Mm-hmm. I think my son will probably be in a position to be able to, you know, and he's already helped me a few times at mm-hmm. different courses I've done and, yeah. you know, helped me demonstrate and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So that, that, Absolutely. but again, only if that's what makes him happy. Mm-hmm. So um, that's really what I want for my children is um, for them to be happy, mm-hmm. for them to be fulfilled and for them to recognize the power within themselves mm-hmm. and um, not to, and I really see that, that that generation is far more developed than my generation and generations before us. I think, um, you know, uh, the, the children certainly are, um, more accepting Mm. in terms of, um, differences compared to even like when I was in high school, you know, there was a lot of clicks. Mm. I don't see that as much. And I don't know if that's maybe specific to the neighborhood where my kids live in their school, or if it's maybe, you know, different in other areas. And, And certainly, um, this goes in both directions. <laughs> so the kids that are like really good are amazing. And the yeah. kids that are kind of messed up or are, are really messed up, Challenge, you know, yeah. I think extremes, but, um, in general, what I observe is that kids are a lot less, uh, focused compared to my generation of, mm-hmm. of kids. Um, in terms of, of style, in terms of, you know, personality, and you see a lot more of being friends with, with different ethnicities and, mm. you know, um, probably, you know, sexuality or these types of things where, um, you know, where not long ago, these people would be chastised. They're not as chastised as much. Yeah. So I, I see that as a really positive development that in general, kids without having to be told um, are more world centric mm. than the previous generation. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that's because they're being taught that. I think it's just part of the evolution of, yeah. of expansion of consciousness mm. globally. Mm. Um, so I see that as a really positive thing. And, um, you know, I, I would say I learn as much as, as what I can teach, <laughs> but you know, as far as, um, one thing I can really speak, speak on authoritatively is to follow your passion. Hey tribe, thanks for tuning in to another fun, enlightening episode of the Inspired Evolution. I've been loving all the feedback and personal stories of love, uh, health and growth. Your feedback and stories are incredibly welcome. The easiest way to connect with me is via my website, which is www.amrit-sandu.com. You can leave me a message or a comment. It's one of my highest values to connect, so I love to connect and love to hear from you. You can also find me on Facebook, Amrit Sandu. And if the content has been resonating with you, you can help the Inspired Evolution out in a big way by liking the YouTube channel, subscribing to the Inspired Evolution, or the Facebook page, like that please, at the Inspired Evolution, or by leaving a review on iTunes if you're on an Apple device. And also, if the Inspired Evolution episodes are inspiring an evolution within you, or you can feel the inspiration is valuable for your team to evolve to the next level, you can head on over to www.amrit-sandu.com to see how the Inspired Evolution can help you and your team thrive. Much love, tribe. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market